Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm Jody. And I'm James. Oh! Wait, no, sorry. I was trying to imitate Michael Palin doing John Cleese, doing Robert Plant, doing you, doing Robert Plant, doing me, doing John Cleese as Michael Palin imitation of Robert Plant. Doing yes. this song. <laughs> but then I remember that's what we did for this three, because now we're up for Zep 4. Woo! Yay! 50th anniversary for Zeppelin's famous fourth album. Woo! All right. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Has it been that long? <laughs> it's been that long. Wow. <laughs> Since it came out just before we were born, and we're getting up there. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, not that this is apropos to anything except age, but I noticed my uh, right by my temples are the spots uh-huh. where I'm getting a little bit of white. And when I was younger, I'm like, man, I don't want to go white. But now that I'm old, I see that. I'm like, ha, I'm distinguished, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for you. All right. I might have an answer for you. Well, it's, it's an opinion question. So, you know, oh. you, you probably okay. do. Uh, <laughs> what What is your favorite name for the fourth album? Like, what, what do you prefer to call it? I just call it Les Zeppelin 4. Okay. So I, I typically do too. I occasionally uh, will go with Signs. Mm-hmm. and Zoso, yeah, but but typically I just say four, two. Yeah. But, but so, somewhere in my notes here, and because I made these well, almost a year ago, <laughs> <laughs> we, we had other things we wanted to talk about. Uh, somewhere in here, I've got Robert Plant, nice quote from him, talking about his favorite and all the different things. Because, you know, four symbols, untitled, signs, runes, Zoso, four, common names. So, somewhere in one of these well, okay, haha. I say four episodes, but we, we always say four episodes or however many. Uh, huh? And then Jody laughs and goes, Yeah, yeah, we need to add two to that. <laughs> so, so somewhere in these four to seven episodes. <laughs> right. Uh, so I thought I would start with, right? Oh, and by the way, I'm glad we're doing this now because I've been going through Jimmy Page's. Uh, coffee table books you know like his is that he just came out with the uh oh yeah the, the jimmy page the anthology the zoso and the the, the other one and mm-hmm. i've been finding so many things that i could have put into the previous episodes which <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, actual original les paul he bought himself and he wasn't given to him by joe walsh <laughs> uh-huh so so there there may be a rata sometime in the future but probably not <laughs> If, if something comes up where we've mentioned something from the past and I know how to correct it, I will. And, you know, between the two of us, we read 20 books and <laughs> yeah, no shit. And hundreds of magazine articles for these. So screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So part one, snicker, snicker, yeah. uh, we'll be writing and recording and I will just jump in with my notes. Please do. I- after after oh you got notes no 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 i said please do oh i thought you said me too no (laughs) it's wednesday today no it's thursday yeah i could go for a beer (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) so but but i will give a shout out real quick to scarlet lane brewing because right now i'm drinking their hotter seltzer uh it's uh they, they call it a hard seltzer because they have to in indiana for reasons but it's a honey seltzer it's pretty much mead nice 
Very, very nice meeting. I, I like the name. Uh-huh. Yep. It's got a cool picture too, some weird goblin thing, but yeah. Oh, cool. I, every time I order one, I have to really work hard not go, give me a helter seltzer. <laughs> so, Please don't. <laughs> that, would get, that would get old quick. <laughs> yes. And, and, and my understanding is that my good gentleman, you were just having some water or, or something again? Yes. Um, although I did find out that I, I, I can occasionally have beer. So um, depending on what time of day we record, I, I, I may have a beer in the future when we record. Cool. Well, yeah, we, we'd rather you stay sober and not have your heart explode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least over Zoom. If you're going to do it, can I be there in person? I mean, you know, video, video I guess. I don't know. <laughs> video it, put some of the music from Alien behind it, make it look like a. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> so we finished up three, the Zep three. Uh, and as we're finishing three, they were actually going to have a few shows uh, in the UK around Christmas time. Mm hmm. Uh, so Grant, though, suggested they cancel those and instead work on an album. And this included canceling a satellite streamed New Year's Eve concert that would have made a lot of money uh, because he knew most people were overly happy about Zep 3's reception and thought getting back to writing the next album would actually be a better use of everybody's time. Huh. Which kills me that they went ahead and canceled that New Year's Eve concert because jimmy likes his money <laughs> he, he yeah and that would have been one more uh concert film they would have had yeah even if it was bbc i'm sure they would have recorded it now be, being the bbc i'm not sure they would not have recorded over it at some point but <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to think jimmy would have gotten his hands on it pretty quick <laughs> I, I bet he would have yeah <laughs> rather too sweet <laughs> yeah. all right so um Getting, uh, they went back to Wales in October 1970 mm -hmm. with, with roadies Henry Smith and Sandy McGregor, uh, Robert and Jimmy uh, with the two roadies without wives and kids this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably a little easier to get work done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, Robert said he just worked on lyrics as he laid in the grass by a stream and, you know, sounds pretty delicate. And uh, they, they went to December, in December, they went to Island Studios for a bit, just to kind of lay down some basic tracks, not, not the recording big process, but, you know, to, to get some ideas down. And yeah, and uh, some say that a bit of stairway was done there. And, and some say a lot of people or a lot of it was done there. And, and I go with some uh, because from what I've read, mm -hmm. a lot of it was actually done more at Headley Grange. That is, that's what I've always understood. Uh, well, uh, I'll wait till we get to that part. <laughs> We're almost there, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, they, they did a lot there, and they, and they tried four sticks this time, but it really wasn't working. So after a bit of time in Wales, small amount of time in Island Studios, they went back to, that's Headley Grange. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, had to do it. Yes. At the beginning of 1971, uh, because Paige was too cheap to rent Mick Jagger's mansion, although they did use the Stones uh, mobile yeah. recording studio. Uh, Jimmy, you cheap bastard. <laughs> we don't blame you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they, they love the country atmosphere. 
but they hated that it was wintertime because that made it cold and dreary and there, there were no mm-hmm. pubs or, or an entertainment nearby, although that's according to Jones, uh, because Bonham evidently found a nearby pub easy enough. <laughs> I'm not shocked there. <laughs> I'm not shocked either. And again, that, that depends on your definition of nearby and how much you want to go. And, you know, they, they passed the time away by having a lot of pot, a lot of alcohol, a lot of hard cider. Well, in England, they just call it cider. Here, we call it hard cider in, in the States. True, yeah. Colonies. And, uh, and, and Coke, they did some cocaine. This is according to Cole, and he said nothing hard yet. Uh, I'm not sure how cocaine isn't a hard drug, but, you know, I guess compared to heroin. Um, yeah. <laughs> Although, no, I, I, um, I, no I, I agree with you. I don't know why he would – well, it, it was Richard Cole, so. Richard Cole. <laughs> now, nothing hard yet, just a little bit of pop, cider, cocaine. <laughs> <Not bad. laughs> Uh, nobody's bleeding out of their nostril yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll save that story for Black Sabbath. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we should do some Sabbath soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Plant personally loved the place because he thinks studios are impersonable. Pagey called Headley Grange Dixonian because it probably reminded him of a workhouse. <laughs> yeah. According to Andy Johns, the, the rest of us moaned about being cold, but Jimmy was more concerned with creepy noises or flying fucking furniture. <laughs> <laughs> and they would use the house, uh, the house's acoustics for their drums and amplifiers. Uh, I mean, they'd even stick amps in old cupboards and just all over the damn place to get that really nice, deep, thick sound. Oh, yeah. Uh, Plant wrote the lyrics for this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've talked about that, how he became the main lyricist, you know, a, a while back. Yeah. Um, he even started to mess about on the guitar and drums at this point. Uh, so he, you know, was helping write a little bit more of the music. And and he had, he had been reading Tolkien and also the Border Wars of the English and the Celts. And he said, you can live in a fairyland if you read enough books and if you're interested in as much history as I am. Cool. And then goes on to say he gets irritated when people criticize the dated Flower Child lyrics, saying the essence of the whole trip was the desire for peace and tranquility and in a delicate situation, and that's all anybody could ever want. So how could it be dated flower child gibberish? If it is then, I'll just carry on being a dated flower child. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know who, who complains about the lyrics being dated. I don't, I, I've never, well, yeah, well, they're, oh, <laughs> okay. Critics at the time. Okay. That would make sense. Yes. Yeah. At the time in 70. Yeah, because I, I think the lyrics are wonderful, and yeah, I, I agree, you know, peace peace is a good ideal. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And, and I even said that in a more angry American way. Plant was probably all like, that's all you could want. Could be dated. Then I'll just be a dated flower child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of hear Robert saying that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, we've already mentioned, uh, in fact, I just mentioned it, so I'm going to mention it again because it's here in my notes. <clears throat> That, yes. uh, the plant felt more comfortable as he became the band's primary lyricist, uh, but several biographers state that his time in Wales for uh, albums three and four were really, really hit home with his lyrics and really became super confident in himself. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, because I, I, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now Jones uh, had a, a huge lead in starting bits for the for the songs, mm-hmm. and then he'd, he'd bring them in and. They bring it all together, according to Page. 
so Paige said Jones would bring in a lot of leads and they'd all work on it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he also would mention how he would bring in song ideas himself. So it sounds like Jones would bring in bits and pieces and Paige he had like a lot of songs worked out and then they bring them in and plant would do the lyrics and yeah, at the time. And yes, it was nice. And, and plant said about that, that the thing about location recording is that there's no time constraint. You can be creative and inventive. You have the equipment there indefinitely. Yeah. Um, that's, that's something that well, actually will come up on one of the later albums. I know when, when you book a studio, there are other people who are booking the studio. So you have a, you know, you have a certain amount of time that you have access to that studio. You know, if you're, if you're not done, (laughs) (laughs) you you either try to find out when you can book more time or you move to another studio or, you know, something like that. So yeah, the, the location recording, yeah, I could totally see that, you know, you're the only ones there. You're the only ones at the studio. So and I, I know we just recently recorded, uh, in fact, as we record this, uh, it'll be out soon, Deep Purple uh, Stormbringer. Yeah. And we can kind of compare the two bands because I know when Jody is talking about Stormbringer, and I mentioned one or two small things in there with his well of knowledge, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, uh, that they kind of, Deep Purple kind of screwed around a bit and didn't really do any writing before they went in the studio. So when they got there, they had to work their asses off. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But but Zeppelin would just kind of like, hey, we got time. Let's make this kick-ass album. <laughs> I and you know that that may be why that may be why why four, especially, is such a good album. You know, because they had time to craft everything, and they and they weren't pressed for time. I, and you know, and, and I've, I've said this before. I actually, said it in one of the Deep Purple episodes on Machine Head that. Uh, I, th- I think Led Zeppelin Four is one of the uh, one of the greatest rock albums of all time, if not the greatest. And and you know, to me anyway, Led Zeppelin Four and, and Deep Purple Machine Head kind of both fit that because at the time with album oriented rock, where FM radio stations weren't necessarily playing hit singles, they were playing tracks off of the albums, whether it had been released as a single or not. Those two albums. Led Zeppelin Four and Deep Purple, Deep Purple Machine Head. When I got those albums and sat down and listened to them, I was amazed because I knew every song on the album because I'd heard it on the radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they don't do that much anymore either. No, they don't. And and those are the only two albums I've ever been able to say that about. And 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 I think I did mention this in, in the in the other episode, but. Um, the only the only other album that came close to that was Who's Next by The Who. All right. Ready to move on? Yep. Cool. Oh, by the way, I do have a cool story someday, uh, maybe today, about uh, you mentioned album-oriented radio. Um, mm-hmm. Well, here, screw it. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, my <laughs> turn to tangentialize, bitch. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jody Mabrut, Top 40. Do you know how Top 40 radio was invented? Uh, I do not, actually. So it was, uh, I'll make it a very short story because I've listened to a really nice, like 30 minute podcast on it. Uh, but basically dude would go into diners and the jukeboxes were, you know, popular at the time. Yeah. Uh, not only big ones, but at this point, like the little tiny ones that you could put on your, just your own table. And okay. Yeah. You would hear kids, teenagers going in, getting their malts, you know, back in the day and, and mm-hmm. they keep playing the same song over and over and over. And 
what he did was he got an idea. He would go around to a lot of places and ask them what the top songs were being played. And then ah. he had his own radio station. And he started playing the songs that people were playing on jukeboxes. Nice. Yeah. I mean, cool. I, I think top 40 sucks because it's always popular schmoosh that I don't give a rat's ass about, but well, yeah. Idea. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, I made a 30 minute podcast episode that was really intriguing and distilled it to its essence, which now lacked any sort of neatness whatsoever. <laughs> Context? Fuck context! Oh, wait. That's what we're all about. Fuck. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> we'll get to context with Zeppelin. Yes. Okay, so, more on the recording. It was engineered by mm-hmm. Andy Johns, with help from Ian Stewart in the Stones Mobile Recording Studio, which arrived in late January of, well, 71 now. Now we're into 71. Yep. Uh, total recording time was a bit more than two months. Mixing would take longer. Andy and Jimmy went to LA to mix the album at Sunset Sound Studio. And some say Jimmy wanted to pick back up with, with Miss Pamela because uh, things were rough with Charlotte, Scarlett mm. being a few months old. Um, but you never know, you know, just rumors and innuendo. Yes. Uh, in any case, the studio has changed since the last time that they were there. And the monitors just weren't giving the same thing as what was going into the tape. So that it sounded horrible and they wasted at least a week. Mm-hmm. Although Jimmy did like a part of how, uh, sorry, when the levee breaks, that, that was mixed there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the earthquake in California that happened during that time did not help the mixing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet not. And then they brought the tapes back to Olympic in London for the other band members, and it sounded horrible. So even though it was just as much Jimmy's fault, it was the last time Andy Johns would work with Zeppelin. And from that point on, George, and sorry, George, I'm going to screw up your name horribly bad. C-H-K-I-A-N-T-Z. Chikanitz? I don't know. Uh, he did the mixing after that. Okay. So uh, rather than getting it out in March, they put it on hold so they could get it all fixed up. They did a short UK tour, started mixing again in April. Uh, that went into June because of the touring. And finally sent to Soho's trading studios in July for mastering. But they still had to make decisions about the presentation on its title, sleeve, and marketing, which will be the next section. Yep. And uh, a lot of songs that will go into later albums, too, were done now, such as Boogie with Stew. Mm-hmm. And uh, No Quarter was started at this time. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And uh, I'm just going to do the one little mixed review thing, you know, because fuck it. I don't have much on that later. Uh, but it got mixed reviews. But even Rolling Stone gave this one a good review. That <laughs> was one. Well, did they give a good review to three? Uh, no i don't think so i they, did, I, didn't, I don't think they did because yeah. i seem to remember rolling stone slagged since i've been loving you quite horribly off off of three so um this so this is probably the first good review they've gotten from rolling stone then though lester bangs was an asshole about stairway to heaven so he can fuck off on that well lester bangs is an asshole yeah, yeah that's that's a very good point <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do not have a high opinion of any reviewer who works for Rolling Stone. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, seriously, what do you got to do? Write a song about them just to get on the album cover? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you're a big rock singer with golden fingers, you can do everything you please. That's right. All right. <laughs> so, ready to move on to the album cover, if you are yeah 
and they wanted the music to stand for itself rather than be just like because they're zeppelin you know who was zeppelin so they they chose to put signs on it instead of the band name mm -hmm. uh, no pictures of the band on the album uh, they did not do any interviews for it no singles and uh jack white has a nice quote he says i think the genius of jimmy page that people are always missing is the idea of the entire establishment pumps things that he was doing like releasing records with no information in the writing on the cover i mean that's pretty bold not releasing singles not doing interviews all those mm -hmm. things were pretty punk a lot more punk than the sex pistol signing a contract in front of buckingham palace <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i really thought about that but yeah that, that would make sense <laughs> plant said not putting our name on it was a bit of an anti-corporate nose thumb but mostly to critics mm-hmm as far as the signs go, so of course the album cover, everybody probably knows this, but it's got the four symbols, the four signs on it, one for each of the band members. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jimmy insists that everybody looked at the book that he, he had on this as Rudolph, uh, I'm assuming it's pronounced Cook, uh, K-O-C-H. One, one of those names that in America has two or three different pronunciations. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it could be, I think it's pronounced Coke too. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll go with Coke. I think that may be, yeah, we'll just go with that. Uh, but it's Rudolph Koch's The Book of Signs, and they could all do their own, although Jones scoffs at this notion. <laughs> <laughs> Plant says his symbol, which was uh, the feather. Mm -hmm. Now, Plant says his symbol is based off Native American and means just truth, no bullshit. This feather is also found in uh, James Churchward's The Sacred Symbols of Mew, which also means truth. So mm -hmm. some of the books I read mentioned Jonesy. He picked his sign because of its difficulty in drawing indicating his precision musin precision musicianship <laughs> <laughs> yeah it probably was difficult to draw freehand uh because of the three curvatures mm -hmm. but it is very easy to draw using basic mathematical principles and tools such as the compass and protractor <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> Woo, man Session little meads kicking my ass. <laughs> sure, blame the mead. Fucking, <laughs> I mean, fucking mead. <laughs> and uh, and here, uh, so Jimmy's is of course the most wondered about, and there are literally dozens yeah. of various theories. Uh, my personal favorites being that it's a symbol for Capricorn because I also am a Capricorn, and as I mentioned in one of our previous episodes. This first guitar also had Zoso as part of its name. Uh, whether Jimmy's sign was made. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. uh -huh, see? Woo! Oh, I got to take a drink. That's hearkening back to a previous episode. Yes. Uh, that's what I need more. <laughs> and uh, Jimmy's sign was meant to be mysterious, maybe. Did he do it on purpose, knowing it would make people insane and delve into the music more? It's hard to say, because... He always just gets that enigmatic smile when he's asked about it. Won't answer the fucking genius. <laughs> yep. But but Jimmy did say it's not supposed to be called the album. Not supposed to be called Zoso after his sign. Right. Although he also grins and snickers when saying this. <laughs> well, you know, it's not supposed to be, but if it's his sign that people are using to call it by. <laughs> you know I, I wouldn't complain <laughs> he's not gonna say anything <laughs> nope uh, and, and here's the plant thing it is right here uh so plant says it's called many things you know four four symbols runes untitled 
uh, but he prefers he sort of hedges preferring the title four symbols hmm. okay so if you want to well, go it, i mean it, it it it's the fourth album there's four, four symbols it, it just makes sense <laughs> it does <laughs> you know i mean you wouldn't you know if it had been the fifth album and there'd really been four four symbols on it uh, you know i mean that would it wouldn't work no but they could have put one on there for us yes you know, what the hell Although I have told you, I've told you and our listeners stories about my brothers. They, they also, uh, they had, you know, quite a eight track and vinyl collection when I was a kid and they, they weren't into Zeppelin as much as we are, but they had some, of course, houses, the holy, they told me I was the kid that they're going to throw off the rocks. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. Speaking of the fifth album, those fuckers. Yes. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, what about, uh, what about John Bonham's symbol? I don't really have any notes on that because everything I've read, they just said Bonham flicked through the book, found something he liked, and picked it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's really no deep meaning behind Bonzo's. <laughs> yeah. It's um but his is the three, three circles. Yeah, yeah. As to what it means, I guess we would have to go find that book true now i'm see i'm i'm thinking i have seen the symbol that bonzo used in relating to celtic artwork or symbols i can't swear to that it could be i mean yeah the celts were big into the three and like the treskel so yeah it could be so i i've got i've got several different uh vests with patches on them and i've, I've got one for classic rock from the 70s so instead of putting a led zeppelin patch on it i've i've got patches for the four symbols from from led zeppelin four they're 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 iron-on patches and so i ironed them on and i didn't realize it until i had finished ironing them on that um jonesy's is actually in the wrong position <laughs> whoops <laughs> it's off <laughs> <laughs> just like you <laughs> Yeah, so I thought, oh, that's perfect. I'll just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> can't can't have it be one hundred percent perfect, you know. That's right. It's so small. It's so yeah. That... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's why I left it that way. <laughs> yeah. Moving on, I suppose, which which is a drink, but okay. I'm I'm pouring my next beer, so it'll just have to wait. Uh, the the poster on the front. Ah was from the Oxfam charity for hunger, but it was too blurry by the time it got to the smaller album cover. Uh, I'm not totally sold on this, but there are quotes from Jimmy and one source. And then there's that source that tends to always know things that nobody else ever does or has said, including the band. So, you know, oh, yeah. it's, it's a, you know, if you, but the flats were from an area called five Hill in the Midlands town of Dudley and were knocked down in 1999. So we cannot go back and, see what looks like anymore well that sucks yeah it does so uh jimmy says that the old man represents uh harmony with nature he takes from nature and gives back to the land it's a natural cycle and what they do is that they're pulling down all the nice natural things and they put up these urban slums (laughs) (laughs) yeah and the plant actually designed this along with page you got to help design the album cover so i do not believe the old man is one of the magicians page followed that people try to say he is 
because Plant says he found the actual poster at a secondhand store while out shopping with Jimmy. Hmm. I will go with a direct quote from Plant over some of the biographers. Yeah, I would too. And uh, page and, the, and 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 in all honesty, the guy in the picture doesn't strike me as being a magician anyway. So, no, not not even quite hermit like of the tarot. Just just right. that dude. Yeah. Yeah, so Paige, on the cover, he said, it was just a way of saying that we should look after the earth, not rape and pillage it. It's always a good message. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish, wish more people would listen to that. A little bit. But the figure, now the figure uh, on the inside is based on the tarot. It, the actual drawing was done by Barrington Colby, which some people think is a non de plume of Jimmy. And hmm. it is based on Pamela Pixie Coleman Smith's graphics for the Arthur Edward Rider Waite tarot deck that was originally issued in 1910. Yeah. And uh, Pamela herself was also a member of the Golden Dawn and had done stage design for WB Yeats. Huh. Okay. But after all the mixing fell ups and the arguments about the cover design, uh, because it took a while to get Atlantic on board, not having their name on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Atlantic was not happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> Not so no much. identifying marks on the cover whatsoever <laughs> no no band name no album title <laughs> <laughs> yeah playing a and of course we you know if you've seen spinal tap you'll understand sort of between zep four and the beatles white album where spinal taps black album comes from <laughs> spell the glove <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I see. It's just like a flip. We could be down on all fours, <laughs> but she can. <laughs> but Plant even like so. This of course came out before Spinal Tap, but in a in an interview, the future of seventy one. Mm-hmm. So in the past now, but yeah. after Spinal Tap came out, <laughs> he said uh, Plant said it was like a Spinal Tap thing where it couldn't be released, even though it was done because the artwork wasn't really done yet, but was released finally. November 8th, 1971 in the U.S., and November 19th in the United Kingdom. That's what I got for part one about recording and the album stuff. Okay. That didn't take near as long as I thought. Nope. <laughs> but the next one will take longer because when we talk about the songs. <laughs> yeah, and I, I had something I was going to throw in when, you, when we were talking about the songwriting, but I will actually wait until we do the songs. Okay, if you're sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if I hope, <laughs> if if I remember it, but I I probably will. Cool then. Do you have anything to add? Um, no. All right then. <laughs> okay, so this may be one of the shortest Zip episodes ever. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off before Jody comes up with shit to say. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm James. I'm Jody, and we'll talk to y'all later. <laughs> Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. And yeah, I, I know that was my Beatles accent. Not my, I don't have a plant accent. <laughs> I don't I don't either. <laughs> well, don't know, John. Do you think we should? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dudley. He did right. I, I did like the George of the Jungle that he did, so. What the hell did I mean to right here? Oh, what the hell I was writing? I must have been drinking kind of heavy.